President Tsai Ing-wen has wrapped up her state visit to Guatemala. Before departing for Belize, she made one last public appearance at a donation ceremony for a newly completed hospital. The National Hospital of Chimaltenango was built with support from Taiwan and it will provide high-quality medical services to more than 2 million people. At Sunday's donation ceremony, Tsai said the facility was just one example of Taiwan's diplomatic efforts which aim to support the long-term and substantive development of partner nations. Guatemala's president expressed gratitude for Taiwan's aid and urged China to end the tensions in the Taiwan Strait. Sunday was Tsai Ing-wen's last day in Guatemala. She made her final public appearance at a donation ceremony for the National Hospital of Chimaltenango, a project backed by Taiwan. Gracias, Taiwan. Una, dos, y tres. Guatemalan President Alejandro Jamate led locals in thanking Taiwan. Jamate, a former doctor, once hailed the hospital as one of the most modern in Central America. We will continue to work with Guatemala in line with the principles of steadfast diplomacy and mutual assistance for mutual benefits and support the long-term substantive development of our diplomatic partner as we also cooperate with our democratic partners in the international community. The two heads of state toured the medical facility. Jamate said his country would continue to support Taiwan's sovereignty unconditionally. As the leader of this pacifist country, I hope that the tensions created by mainland China in the Taiwan Strait will end soon. These tensions cast a shadow and steal the happiness and peace of the people of the ROC Taiwan. As a parting gift, President Tsai gave her host a miniature model of the hospital. She was bid farewell with a heartfelt sentiment. President Tsai, you are taking with you a piece of our hearts. Take good care of it, because Guatemala is also keeping a piece of your heart here. In a few weeks, we will be receiving President Jiamate in Taipei. Tsai said her heart would remain in Guatemala and that she would welcome her host to Taipei in just a few weeks' time. The Mainland Affairs Council blasted ex-President Ma Ying-jeou on Monday for controversial remarks he made at Hunan University. Ma claimed that both Taiwan's and China's constitutions consider Taiwan a part of China. The MAC accused Ma of parroting the PRC's One China principle and endorsing the annexation of Taiwan. Critics, including a prominent scholar, said that Ma's remarks could confuse the international community. Our country is divided into two parts. One is called Taiwan and the other is called the mainland. The preamble of the mainland's 1983 constitution also states that Taiwan is an inalienable part of China, so this fact is very clear. Not only do we have the same language and race, but both sides adhere to the one China position. During his visit to Hunan University, former President Ma Ying-jeou spoke about Taiwan's and China's constitutions. The Mainland Affairs Council on Monday responded to his comments. In a statement, the council stated that Ma was echoing China's One China principle, which the CCP uses to justify its attempts to annex Taiwan. It added that Ma's statement ran contrary to mainstream opinion in Taiwan. 
A DPP lawmaker also protested Ma's remarks. She said that, according to Taiwan's law on the territorial sea and the contiguous zone, the Republic of China only comprises Taiwan proper, Penghu, Jinmen, and Mazu. She said that Ma was out of touch with reality. Mr. Ma's words yesterday disappointed many Taiwanese people. He's completely fallen for China's carrot and stick policies on Taiwan. The 1992 consensus, one China with different interpretations, and the ROC constitution have all been refuted by Chinese leader Xi Jinping. The lawmaker criticized Ma for endorsing China's constitution. She also questioned whether Ma's visit to China was orchestrated with Xi to pull attention from President Tsai Ing-wen's Central American tour. Meanwhile, a scholar says Ma's words could give the world the wrong impression, making it seem as if cross-strait issues were a domestic dispute. The definition of the inherent territory of the ROC is a political matter, but Ma Ying-jeou has ignored the constitutional interpretation by the justices. All Ma Ying-jeou wants to do is use his so-called One China Constitution to ease in Beijing's One China principle. It's to confuse the international community into believing that Taiwan's own constitution states that we are part of China. With less than a year to go until the next presidential election, Mainland Affairs Council Minister Chiu Tai-san warns that the CCP may use monetary means and other incentives to infiltrate Taiwan's elections. He urges the public to be on guard and not to fall for China's cognitive warfare. In a surprise collaboration, the military and the department store teamed up to bring a -a one-of-a-kind experience to families in Taipei. The Guandu Area Command sent its combat vehicles right to the doorstep of a Tianmu department store. Parents and children were able to hop on board and get a taste of battle. The event was designed to promote civil defense preparedness. Let's hear from the military. Our soldiers at the Guandu Area Command participated in this children's carnival at the department store. Parents brought the children to the event to get closer to a military and gain a better understanding. This was the perfect opportunity to educate the public in all-out national defense. This is quite special. I was surprised to see such an event here. It lets children better understand the equipment used by the military to better appreciate the hard work of our armed forces. If people have routine exposure to the military, they won't think it's as boring or uninteresting as some might imagine. As a matter of fact, soldiers are pretty fun to chat with. Parents had high praise for the event, saying they'd never seen anything like it before. They said the military's creative PR was bridging the gap between the public and the armed forces. The shopping districts of Taipei are recovering the hustle and bustle of their former glory as Taiwan experiences a post-pandemic consumer boom. From vacant stores now rented out to crowds at major MRT stations, there is an explosion of activity. Business leaders are also optimistic about the impact of the government's 6,000 anti-cash handouts, which are coming soon. These pearl boba have been simmering in hot brown sugar for an hour. Milk is poured in to create a delicious drink. There's a queue lined up for this distinctively Taiwanese snack, a small sausage wrapped in a big sausage. The store owner is working flat out. When we saw foreign customers starting to come in, some of the stalls that had been vacant got rented out. You have to grab your chance at a stall. There's an influx of crowds at major shopping districts across Taipei. 
These MRT station crowd statistics show the change. In January and February this year, Ximen and Taipei main stations saw 33 more footfall than the same period last year. There was 25% growth at Zhongshan Station near Nanxi Commercial District, at Jiantan Station near Xiling Night Market, and at Dongmen Station in the Yongkang Commercial District. Meanwhile, Zhongshan Fuxing Station in the Eastern District saw 22% more visitors. We've started to see real value disclosures of high rental prices in all the big commercial districts. High single month rents of 430,000 NT or 280,000 NT are appearing. There's obviously an increase in confidence in the overall market situation, and there's proactive expansion into the market. The post pandemic recovery is obvious. Here's Yongkang Commercial District now versus during the pandemic, when metal shutters were pulled down, stores vacant and sidewalks empty. Now the streets are bustling every day of the week, and many stores that have been disused for a year are about to reopen. The head of the local business association is optimistic that the new post-pandemic cash handouts will boost consumption even more. Another store got let out a week ago. Of course, we welcome the 6,000 NT windfall. These passers-by say they'll be happy to go shopping on the government's dime. Businesses in Taiwan are glad to see consumerism back on the rise and a familiar hubbub in shopping districts across the capital. It's pineapple season in southern Taiwan. Farmers are bracing for a loss in profits as big temperature swings have caused many of their fruits to crack. Blemished fruits fetch a much lower price, which has already fallen to 50% of what it was last year. Farmers fear that the market could get even worse. In response, Kaohsiung's Agricultural Bureau has sprung into action. It plans to boost exports by 20%, selling some 5,000 tons of pineapple overseas. It also plans to find domestic sales outlets and give subsidies for purchases by processing companies and farmers associations. A farmer in Taoyuan has brisk business renting live chickens to customers. Zhong Zhizhong is passionate about chickens as long-term pets and companions, but the recent egg shortage has seen some customers come to him with their minds more on breakfast than on companionship. He hopes that chicken parents will take responsibility for their pets and appreciate them for more than just production. Fluffy baby chicks huddle together under a heat lamp, then surge forward to feed on grains and insects. Chicks of this size, just 10 days old, really need to be kept warm, so these heat lamps keep them in an environment of 38 degrees. Young farmer Zhong Zhizhong raises 300 chickens on this farm in Taoyuan's Longtan district. The fertilized eggs are rented to chicken lovers. After seven weeks, they hatch, and the renters can choose to keep them or give them back to the farm. It's company. It's a pet. It can be soothing for the soul. I think that's why most people want to raise a chicken. It's not about getting eggs. Zhong's business was originally catering to those who wanted to raise chickens at home as pets. But with the recent inflation of egg prices, he's found many new customers are hoping to achieve egg freedom. I'm getting lots of inquiries at the moment. It used to be two or three customers a week, but now it's basically every day. Here are a few eggs hiding in the corner of the hen house. Zhong puts them in the incubator safely. Before the egg shortage, he would hatch one group every two weeks. Now, to keep up with customer demand, he's hatching one a week. 
If you're raising a chicken, you have to wait six months to get to the stage where there are eggs to hatch. Basically, they don't lay eggs. The idea is their companion, a pet. These eggs are just one of their instincts. It just so happens there are eggs to pick up. As Jung explains, hens don't lay eggs every day all year round. They rest in between laying. He hopes that chicken owners will see eggs as a bonus side effect of the main event, which is caring for a feathery friend. A team of firefighters from Kaohsiung has a very unusual specialism. The Kaohsiung Rope Rescue Team are the world champions in emergency rescue on ropes. In 2019, they won the World Cup, and next month they're off to France to compete again. Rope, rope rescue is an important specialty for firefighters as it can save time and save lives during emergencies in tall buildings. A firefighter fixes his ropes, attaches the rescue equipment, and slowly descends the side of a building. The team are simulating a rescue mission, using a hanging stretcher to rescue a casualty. The Kaohsiung Rope Rescue Team are composed of Kaohsiung City firefighters who can be seen at many difficult rescue scenes. In May, the team will travel to France to compete in the Olympics of Rope Rescue. We won the World Cup in 2019. The contestants have been competing for all these years and they have a lot of experience, but inevitably their physical stamina is on the decline. So basically, what we need to work on most is constantly maintaining our physical condition. The team first took part in the contest in 2018, winning the Best Newcomers medal that year. In 2019, they won the World Cup. But the competition has been suspended for three years due to the pandemic. Their goal this year is to defend the world title. The hardest thing is they don't announce any of the tasks in advance, so you only know what you'll be doing in the tasks five minutes beforehand. The organizer tells you what type of rescue to complete, so we have to adapt spontaneously to the task. The team has a lot of real-life emergency experience, as well as regular group practice to build trust. The competition is a chance to meet peers from all around the world, but also just another day to practice the skills that could save someone's life. If you're a plant lover, here's a story for you. Today, we'll take you to a garden hidden in the mountains of Dansui built by a Japanese restaurant owner who fell in love with staghorn ferns. In three years' time, he has grown over 1,000 of these tropical plants of different varieties and sizes in his garden, which is now open to the public. Our reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. At this garden in Tensui, there are over 1,000 staghorn ferns. Native to Asia and Australia, staghorn ferns got their name due to their resemblance to elk or deer antlers. This one is their biggest fern, the queen staghorn. One specimen takes around 10 years to grow to its full size. A queen's staghorn ferns takes about two years or two and a half years to grow to this size. The largest ones can grow to the size of a two to three story tall building. There are 18 species of staghorn ferns. How do you pick a beautiful one? The main thing is to see whether the bud is healthy. It's not about the leaves. 
the lighter green the bud is, and if it pops up, the healthier it is. Another popular staghorn here is the Ridley's staghorn fern, which greatly resembles a monkey's brain. Coming in different sizes and shapes, these staghorn ferns were all planted and cared for by Wang Guohua, a successful restaurant owner with several Japanese restaurant chains under his belt. It's a team effort with his daughter, who is in charge of social media marketing for the garden. The pandemic had a major impact on his restaurants, which is why he decided to start planting his own staghorn ferns. The fruits of his care are now on view for anyone who wants to visit. We started in the restaurant industry, but due to some changes during the pandemic, we started planting staghorn ferns. At first, it was my father's hobby. But under the impact of the pandemic on the restaurant industry, it gradually became a therapeutic activity. It only took us two years from planting the first staghorn fern to now, the 1,000th. Wang says staghorn ferns can grow both indoors and outdoors in low to medium light and moderate moisture. Outdoor plants should be located in spaces with partial shade or low light conditions, while indoor plants need bright indirect light. <laughs> to water the staghorn ferns, they submerge them into a bucket of water. Staghorn ferns originally grow in forests attached to trees, so they like environments that are partially shady and humid. So I will suggest that if you want to take one home to grow, the most important thing is the environment. We don't want it to be too hot. What it likes is filtered light. If it's planted indoors, it must be equipped with growing lights. You don't have to water it that regularly. Here in this greenhouse garden, one designer is in charge of decorating the staghorn ferns by putting them on boards. In the future, we want to combine our garden with a restaurant. Our greenhouse is 200 ping, and the restaurant, which will be built outside in the future, is still under construction. The Wang family is currently in the process of building a restaurant next to the garden, serving desserts, drinks, and small snacks. Not only will there be staghorn ferns, there will also be a variety of other flowers. The family hopes that their garden restaurant can be a new scenic hotspot in Danshui. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang in Guonhai in New Taipei City. Sunny skies and warm weather made Monday the perfect day for a family outing. Up in the north, Taipei Children's Amusement Park was packed with thrill-seekers. As of noon on Monday, the park had registered about 10,000 visitors, double the amount during the same period last year. The amusement park is running a promotion for the tomb-sweeping holiday with free admission for children 12 and under and one accompanying adult. It's also staging a fireworks show the first four nights of the holiday.